Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So today, um, in honor of Black Friday, um, which is this week as we are recording, um, we wanted to talk a little bit about sales, uh, or about variable pricing in general. Should we make our podcast like 20% shorter like to celebrate Black Friday? That seems fair. Never longer than 26 <laughs> minutes um, or something like that today. Um, but it's a funny thing that happens this time of year where all of a sudden all these things, um, companies invent these ways to try and cre- you know, create demand for their products that, necess- that wasn't necessarily there before or um, you're dropping, you know, if people are sort of interested in buying something, you're trying to drop it just below the threshold um, such that they're interested in actually buying it and this applies, you know, to all these big box stores or all the, you know, the, the, the crazy frenzies you see on in videos that are the, typically this time of year, as well as just something like the App Store, where hopefully with less frenzied buying, but it is certainly something that I think a lot of developers um, do this time of year because there's a lot of sort of anticipation or expectation that uh, people have that, hey, it's, you know, today it's Black Friday or Cyber Monday or whatever holiday they've kind of invented around um, reducing prices. It's, you know, I wonder if there's any good deals and you can kind of go around and see, hey, is there something that's good to um, to take advantage of as a result? And it's something that I know for myself, I struggle a lot with in terms of whether it's something I should sort of take part in and get into, um, because I feel like there's this weird tension between um, what that does to the perceived value of your software or the sort of expectations you're setting for um, your future customers or your and the way you're sort of treating your past customers. Um, and then you sort of on the one side and then on the other side, it's like, it definitely works and is a definitely a powerful tool to in the short term, get a lot of sales. Um, because I know this for myself, like even if you just not, even not around something like black Friday or around Christmas or around new year's or something like that, even if you just randomly change your price one day, you will almost inevitably see a spike in, in downloads. Um, and that's just the reality, but it's a tricky thing to get into the habit of doing. I actually remember back in the very early days of the app store, I found this, uh, I had an app that was paid, I think it was two or $3. And I found that I could maximize my revenue by, cause it was a, I think it was my recipe, it was my recipe management app, which so had most of its downloads happen on the weekend when people are most I think are more common, more likely to be cooking, you know, cooking at home. And I got into this habit where I wanted to be ranking really well on the weekend. And so I would make the app $3 on the weekend, which was this regular price. And then, but on Thursday and Friday, I would drop the price um, to 99 cents every week for, I said this for a couple, for a few months. And I get this big sort of this jump in sales because the volume went up. And so I would rank better in the charts and then I'd raise the price and take advantage of it and come back down. And I did this for a little while, but after a while, like, A, it didn't feel great. Like, it was one of these things, like, I'd solved an optimization problem that, like, I did overall average out to more money by doing this. But I definitely got a lot of people who were kind of grumpy um, about them when they bought it on the weekend, which is most of my customers in many ways were buying it on the weekend, and they were paying this higher price, and that didn't seem quite right or right fair. And it created these strange expectations and dynamics, and it in the end, I just decided like this was a bad idea. I should just stop doing this. That I, it's one thing to maybe to put an app on sale on a semi-regular, you know, like a couple of times a year, um, but to be doing it in this very structured, like calculating way, started to feel kind of 
bad. Um, but there's always this tension and it's something that I feel like we all just kind of have to work through for working out where we feel most comfortable with, um, and make choices for us accordingly. Yeah. I mean, cause you can, you know, you can tweak the price, you know, like you did, you basically micromanaging the price to, to ride these waves and optimize for promotion because, you know, and, and I think part of the reason why you get so many new downloads when you change the price is that there are sites like uh, App Shopper, I think is one of the biggest ones, yeah. if not the biggest one, where like there are sites that, that track App Store pricing, and you can just change the price on your app, and if it's at all popular, they will report on that. And there are people who watch their feed uh, who, like, you know, any app that comes up that they've heard of, if it's on sale, you're going to just buy it right there. And And so, like, without even having to put any effort into promoting a price drop. You know, if you just drop your price, somebody like App Shopper will probably automatically report on it and you will automatically get more sales. Uh, so you can take advantage of that for a while, but, you know, I, I think obviously anything about the App Store, people are going to try to scam. <laughs> it's like developers are going to try to scam. And, you know, not not you, dear developers, not you listeners, other developers, the scammy ones, not not the you, of people. course not, right? All the, 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 the you you would never do anything like this. But uh, there there are lots of you know any 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 way that you can make money on the internet or on the app store. Like there are going to be a whole bunch of people trying to trying to scam it at all times. Uh, so <laughs> that is the the rule of making money on the internet and probably anywhere in life really. But this is what we know. Uh, so you know you can do things like do like writing these these price changes. But like if you do it too much, as you said, like you start having these problems. Like, and I think one of the problems would probably be that a place like App Shopper would probably stop reporting it. Like, they probably have some kind of threshold where like, they will only report a certain limited number of price changes for the same app at a given time or something like that because they probably have to do stuff like that uh, just to, to prevent constant spam from people who are looking to exploit the system. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I think you're right. Like, the way, you know, the way your customers will deal with it also, uh, nobody likes feeling, feeling like, like, like they got ripped off. And if you pay a price for an app and you go right back the next day and you see it's listing and you see it's lower, that's going to make you a little bit upset. Like, even if even if it's a small amount of money, because, like, you know, one, one thing that, that developers, you know, especially developers of paid upfront apps, uh, often complain about or, or have trouble understanding is, like, we're talking about relatively small sums of money here. You know, we're talking about dropping a price from three dollars to two dollars or like from three dollars to one dollar like this is not major amounts of money but the way it's perceived by your customers has little to do with the actual amounts uh it's all about the feeling of being wrong the feeling of being ripped off uh the the feeling and it's it's the same thing that makes people really mad if you have a paid up front app they buy it it doesn't really it's not really what they expected it to be and so then they go leave a one-star review and say, this app is horrible, I wasted my money. And it's like, you know, would they really get that mad over like $2? Well, the answer is, if they feel ripped off, yes, yes, they will. If they could they could feel ripped off over 25 cents and they would get that mad. Uh, it The amount doesn't really matter. What matters is, is the psychology. And so that, and that all plays in here to any kind of price change and price decision. You know, if you, if you change your price, no matter what you're changing it to or from... <laughs> You know, if you change it downwards, you're going to have more people buying it. If you change it upwards, you're going to have mad people. Like that's, it doesn't really matter what the amounts are. Yeah. And it creates this strange feeling too of, like I have, one of the things that I always, like I have, um, I, I notice this most in web services. It's not something that I think you see as much in the app store, but 
in in that same vein is this weird feeling of like anytime I sign up for something online and right but right before the like buy button they have a little box that says promotion code or coupon oh, code. I hate that and obviously this is a, a complicated thing like we have promotion codes in like our, our sponsor reads and things like it's a very powerful tool for a sponsor um, to have that, you know, if, if you are signing up for a product or a service r- as a result of hearing it somewhere else, they need a way to sort of incentivize you to let them know so they can, you know, do things accordingly. Or it's just a tool for them to be able to, you know, new marketing and targeted discounting. That makes a lot of sense. Like, but as a consumer, and this is the thing that I always struggle with in terms of the way in which I'll do it, like in Feed Wrangler, the only sort of subscription web service that I run, but I early on sort of made a decision that I was never going to use uh, discounted promotion. That is, if I did any price changes ever, I was just going to apply them across the board because it, it reminds me in a weird way too of like the way Apple does their pricing, right? Like an Apple product's price is essentially static. It's in, over its entire life, lifetime. Um, like, and the only real, and it'll only ever change usually if it's replaced buy something newer you know so like the iphone 6s right now is a hundred dollars less than it was when it was introduced um but these are very sort of predictable and stairs like the def- defined changes it, it, it's the same price for everybody there's not really like oh if you're this kind of special person or you have this kind of code you can get a different thing um and there's a weird thing there both in terms of like you know, it, it, in terms of segmenting your marketplace and it like as a consumer it always fe- i feel slightly ripped off anytime i see one of those like coupon code boxes because it makes me feel like someone else is getting a better deal than I am. And whether that's true or not, that's the, the, I'm going to always assume that that's the case. If I see a, like a box, it's like, if I had this magic code, I would, I would uh, have to pay less for this thing. But it also creates a moment of doubt. It creates this moment of um, like, should I buy this now or should I wait um, or in the case of like an online service with a coupon code, it's like, should I go scour the internet to see if I can find a code to get 10% off this? And more often than not, if I do scour the internet, I will find a code. And so there's a lot of sort of confirmation there that that's probably a good thing to do. But I have the opposite problem. Every time I see one of those promo code boxes, I, I'm like, you know, now I feel bad. Now I feel like I'm a chump for about to be paying this full price. So I go and look. And I don't find any, or the only ones I find are on like those scammy like coupon sites that, and they've all expired, and they're you know they're all invalid. It's like damn yeah. it. So then I proceed anyway, and I'm like, I know I could have gotten a better price on this, but I didn't, and now I feel ripped off. Yeah, but I and mean, that's the best case, right? That you did actually keep going through, but like anytime I like I think getting a sale, someone to open up their wallet and give you money is in general such a hard thing that any any of these little barriers that we can create to making somebody have to think about it and have to, the longer they have to like pause and hover their mouse over the buy button or their finger over the buy button on an app, like the longer that pause is there, I, my guess is there's this dramatic drop off. Like you, in a weird way, you want it to be just almost as, you know, impulsive and quick as of a transaction as possible in terms of if you're, the longer they, the longer they consider it, the more and more and more, they probably won't do it because, and that's just speaking to the fact that most of what we make is probably, it's, it's like, it's, it's confectionery. Like it's, it's not, we're not making meat and potatoes for people's lives that they absolutely need and whatever, no matter what, they're going to have to get it. Like, as as cool as some of our products might be as app developers, like very few of us are making products that kind of would fall into that like an essentials category. And so it is a choice and it's confectionery and they can be like, hmm, maybe I will have this, maybe I won't. 
Um, but it's a weird thing. And like, fair enough, we don't have promotion codes in the app store, but I feel like getting into a habit of changing price a lot. And if you become like, if you go to, if someone goes to app shopper for your, for your, for your app and they see that you're constantly changing your price. And I know I do this sometimes if it's, especially if I'm trying to buy something kind of expensive, like I'll see an app that's like expensive. It's $20. Right. (laughs) I'm like, Whoa, $20. This is crazy. It's all relative. Yeah. But I'll see that and I'll see that there's this, it's like, oh, but it, it's been on, it goes on sale every, every few months for half off, say like, there's a good chance I won't buy it then unless I absolutely feel like I need it that moment. It's like, maybe I'll wait. And that's awkward. I mean, it's probably, and I feel like it's like, if you can get away with never changing your price and avoiding that perception that you, like, there's going to be a better deal somewhere else, it probably benefits you in the long run. Um, but it's always going to hurt you in the short run. Yeah, I mean, I I have not found that it's useful to experiment much with pricing uh, in general in my apps. Like, and it, with Overcast, this has been a little bit different because it's it it was not paid up front. And this is another thing too. Like, obviously, the the type of of payment that your app has, it, this will this will work differently for all these things, right? Um, price changes tend to have the largest impact on paid up front apps, not on like in app purchase unlocks, as far as I can tell or as far as I know. Uh, so. Back when I had a, a paid up front app in, in Instapaper, uh, I, I changed the price a few times, uh, but they were like for long term changes. It was not like just playing with sales uh, because I, I was afraid of this of this effect of, you know, I, I had what was considered, you know, a, a fairly expensive app in its five dollar price for most of its time. <laughs> and uh, and I didn't want that effect because I would often, you know, I, I would often get email from people saying like, Hey, you know your app looks really good. I'm thinking about getting it. Maybe someday I will. And it's like if people are are putting that much kind of like delay and forethought and planning into your five dollar app, let's be realistic. They're probably not going to buy it. You know, like that's sure. th- that's probably a lost sale to you if people have to think about it. Um, so when you know, and and part of the part of the psychology of price drops is creating the sense of urgency and the sense of a limited time offer where. You're you're trying to bypass that. You're trying to say like, well, you know, I I was planning on buying this maybe in the future, maybe someday anyway, but now it's only three dollars, so I really should buy it right now. You know, and that and that works. Like that psychology does work. It that's why price changes like this are effective. You know, once or twice, but the the more expensive your app is the more you're going to have that problem of like people who who know that the price has changed in the past and then hold off even more for buying it when they were already maybe going to hold off and that's that's not going to do any favors for your sales sure and it's also i mean obviously the biggest reason and probably a lot of people do sales is and this thing that's probably worth discussing too is it's not just the impact of lowering the price in and of itself it's that lowering your price is a way to get attention for an app when you don't have anything else to promote it for um you know sort of like a non-content promotion where you know usually a lot of app development for better and worse is promoted around new updates to the app you know new so there's something new that you have to show and that can be problematic if we're just inventing things that are different for the purposes of trying to get some attention which is certainly something that you can do but it's also the case that if you have nothing to show but you want to you know sort of try your to be in one of these you know these big roundup posts or these you know a lot of sites will have uh, lists or twitter feeds that link to apps based on their price changes and 
it's a way to get sort of on that sort of sort of the next level up marketing's radar. Um, I mean, even I could even imagine think of things like um, the free app of the week in the App Store is probably like the most extreme version of this, where like there's this very premium spot in the feature tab of the App Store that is available only to an app that is willing to take a paid upfront app and make it free for a week. And it's you know you're kind of essentially saying that I have some other way that I'm going to benefit from that um, beyond just the but the sales that I'm giving up. Of making it free, um, or there's similarly, I think you actually did this with Instapaper, right? There's like the thing they do with Starbucks where they give away um, apps for free at mm-hmm. Starbucks. Yeah, little cards. Yep, I did that with Instapaper. Yeah, and it's the same kind of thing, right? It's like you're marketing it based on a sale on a price drop rather than on an actual content change. Exactly, and and that is and there is a time and a place for that for sure. Uh, that 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 should be considered as part of any marketing strategy for your app. Uh, but but yeah, you're right. I mean like. So often people will buy it in that kind of in that kind of situation only because it's a good deal, not because they were necessarily going to buy it otherwise. And like it does that the psychology of it does work. That's why people do it. Uh, but it's it also I, I think if you are if you're resorting to things like that, it does kind of make your app look less premium and less in demand. So for instance, look if you look around on Black Friday today, look around at all the different sales. Look at what's on sale. Apple products, which are like these prestigious, high-priced, usually in high-demand products, are barely on sale. Like Apple does like a token sale where they they might cut like 5 or 10% off some prices, not even on their best stuff usually. (laughs) Well, I think today's promotion, all of the things that have their like – they didn't even do the deal. Like the prices are the same, but they're doing like the – you get a free gift card. Yeah, exactly. The only products that that's eligible on is all of their old stuff. Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you want a six, if you wanted to buy an iPhone success today, you get a discount. If you wanted to buy a Series One watch, there's a discount. If you wanted to buy a non-new MacBook Pro, mm-hmm. there's a discount. Or the but, Mac Pro. The Mac Pro is included in this <laughs> this promotion. <laughs> but it's kind of desperate. It's kind of sad. But <laughs> but yeah, like you know, a, a premium seller like Apple, like they they don't need to do price cuts to get people to buy their stuff. People are buying their stuff anyway. Also, if, if your market is somewhat narrow or specialized or professional so like you know looking around like you know as many people do i looked around to see like you know kind of overall stuff i tend to buy uh for my pro needs things like microphones and you know like camera gear like i looked around you know are there any deals on that and basically the answer is no because pro gear like things that are made for narrower professional markets don't need to go on sale on black friday because like the people who need those things are going to need them anyway and so they're going to buy them when whenever they need them and it doesn't really matter if they're ever on sale or not uh you know that's and so if your app or your service is something like that where it's not really like mass consumer focused all of the benefits of the price drop and sale marketing machine are substantially lessened on you so you might be able to put your stuff on sale but you just might be just losing money on it. Then. Like you know, you're, now you're just making less money from sales you would have already had anyway. Uh, so it, this kind of marketing is not for every app. It probably works very well for things like games and and mass market productivity apps, uh, entertainment apps. But I wouldn't assume that it would work very well for things that are targeting professionals. Speaking of things that professionals often need, web hosting is one of those things, and we are we are sponsored this week by Linode. Linode is 
high-performance SSD Linux servers spread across eight data centers around the world. They're a fantastic solution for your server infrastructure. You can get a server up and running in under a minute with plans starting at just $10 a month. That now gets you two gigs of RAM for 10 bucks a month. It's an incredible deal. You And then, you know, you know, if you need more than that, you can choose your resource level, you can choose your Linux distro and your node location all right from there. Amazingly convenient and nice manager tool. And once you're up and running, you can easily deploy, boot, and resize your virtual server with just a few clicks. Now, the resizing thing, that's something that I, I was very afraid to do, you know, for because growing up, you, you always kind of knew, like, with, with the PC world, you always kind of knew, like, never try to resize a disk partition, because it probably won't work, and it could just hose the entire disk. Uh, and the first time I, I ever wanted to do a, a Linode resize, I had that same fear. And it, it was, it, you know, I had a whole bunch of backups anyway, so I figured, let me just go ahead and do it. And I did it, and it took, like, 30 seconds, and it was done. And it was perfect, and I was just, it just blew my mind. Like you can you can actually just resize the disk on a Linux server, which is really great on things like databases where you 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 might often need that. Uh, you just make it bigger, and it just works. It's amazing. So I did it like you know I've done it now five or six times since then. Every time it's flawless, and just one of the many little things that you can do on Linode. and it just works. I'm very happy there with my all my stuff, and uh, I highly recommend you check it out. So anyway. As a listener of the show, if you sign up at linode.com slash radar, you will be supporting us, and you'll also get $20 towards any Linode plan. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, there's nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash radar to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit, or use promo code RADAR20 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for supporting this show. And the other, I guess the next thing that's probably just worth touching on briefly with pricing is the, I, I guess it's, it's understanding that in the modern app store, like price is in a weird way. It feels odd to be talking about it because I think increasingly price is just gone to zero. Yeah. And like, you can't discount zero more. The ultimate black Friday sale. Everything in the app store is now free. It's just, it's just free. And that's where it is. And like in a weird way, that is a it's, it's, it's slightly a bit, a slight bit of a relief for this kind of a problem because I did used to anguish over a lot of these things where, like I would come to it then like Black Friday and I'd start and, you know, kind of you, you get little like, you know, little notes from reporters or people saying like, hey, are you going to do any discounts or things like that? And you're like, I really don't want to. Like it didn't seem like that was something that was great to do. And it, or like something like the free app of the week. It's like, mm, that's interesting. But I don't know. Is that a great use for me? And in a weird way, it's kind of a relief now that it's like all my apps are essentially permanently on sale um, because I just give them away for free. And <laughs> That is kind of nice in a weird way. Like it's kind of backwards and broken that I would anguish about taking it from three dollars to, to, to you know to one dollar, but going from one dollar to zero somehow it just feels fine. Um, and obviously it's because it's a different business model. Like I'm making money in a different way, um, but it is kind of nice, and it, it's something that it's just something that it feels good on a day like today when um, you you look at something like sale pricing and it gets kind of weird and murky and you know, it makes you feel kind of funny sometimes, or at least it's really complicated to feel like you're making the right choice about, um, to then just essentially be giving all your stuff away for free. And then you're just like, well, it's like, I don't have to worry about it. Like pricing is a decision I made that I was just going to, it's like, I went, did the binary decision of, do I want to charge money up front or not? I didn't. And great. 
Like now that's that. And I can just focus entirely on other aspects of the development process. And as someone who's more of a developer than a business person or a marketing person or those types of things, like in a weird way, it is kind of nice that it's like I can take this whole class of decision and problem and just put it to the side and say, you know what I'm going to do instead? I'm just going to you know, make my money other ways. I'm going to make it from... Uh, like I have, you know, tip jars or advertising. And at this point, honestly, mostly it's just advertising. Like is where I make my money. My goal is to make as many people want to stay in my app as long as they can so that they'll see the ads. And like, that's a great combination of incentives that I'm not, I don't feel like anyone's going to feel ripped off. Um, and I definitely have noticed this too, that um, one of the reasons I love making an app free is, as we were talking about at the beginning of this show, where, you know, like people can get really upset about seemingly small amounts of money. Um, people will still get upset, you know, every now and then with for, with for a free app. But in general, like if they download it, they don't like it, they'll just ignore it or forget about it um, because they haven't invested themselves in it. And you know, there's certainly a downside that you, you don't create that same level of commitment and I don't even know, like uh, loyalty in, in your customer because they didn't, you know, there wasn't this. They didn't have to pay a cover charge to get into the club, so the club feels less cool, maybe. Um, but it definitely is a nice thing on the, on the flip side of that, that I, if, if people don't like what they, you know, if they, if they go in to, to extend that, uh, club analogy, it's like, if they don't like what the band's playing, they can just leave and that's fine. They, they don't feel like they're, they're not going to be angry as a result. I'm laughing so hard in my head thinking about the two of us trying to start a club to make people feel cool. That would <laughs> it's, be it's, something. <laughs> <laughs> it would be um interesting it, it's probably not in our core competency I, yeah. I, don't, I don't i don't think if we end up if, if the app business just ends up being a terrible idea and, and doesn't work at some point i doubt that's going to be our next career path uh, going into night nightlife entertainment we we could we should try it for one weekend though just to see how it goes it's fine i mean and if it didn't work you would probably only be on for 30, you know, 30 minutes or less so exactly be, <laughs> the worst club ever for, so. it'd be in the middle of the day it'd be 30 minutes <laughs> anyway it'd be very well lit <laughs> yes very quiet we yeah exactly put, uh, acoustic foam on the roof to make yeah, sure right. that uh it's, it's really quiet <laughs> oh that would be amazing we'd serve coffee of course like nothing else <laughs> oh wow all right yeah well i guess we could end here with I our so. with our special black friday episode that's 15 percent shorter <laughs> yeah uh thanks a lot to our sponsor Lino. thank you everybody for listening and uh we'll talk to you next week Bye.